Welcome to the Encounter Christian Church Message Podcast, where we bring you the latest messages from our Sunday services. To find out more about Encounter or to plan your visit with us, you can find us online at www.encounter.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, church. Welcome to church online. It's great to have you guys watching this morning. I've entitled today's message, The Weak Are Transformed into the Strong. You see, one encounter with Jesus can transform you, can change you. He can transform the weak into strong. See, if you feel like you're not good enough today, then this word's for you. If you feel like you're not smart enough, then this word's for you. If you feel like that you're not good looking enough or beautiful enough, or you don't have the right body, this word is for you. If you feel discouraged today, this word's for you. If you feel deficient or depressed, you feel worthless and you aren't good enough and you feel it, you know it in your heart. Well, this word is for you. If you feel poor today, poor in spirit, poor financially, well, this word is for you. If you're feeling dead, you know, you just feel broken on the inside, you feel dead, then this word is for you because he's heal, here to heal the brokenhearted. You know, an encounter with God can give you strength and joy. The Bible tells us he can make the blind see, the deaf can hear. The lame can walk, the weak become strong, the poor can become rich, the stupid, like me, can become smart, the uneducated can become educated. See, he chooses the foolish things of the world, the Bible says, that he would confound the wise. Why would he choose the foolish? Because if he chooses the smartest, if he chooses the best looking, those that have it together, then they've done it in their own strength. He loves a project. Renovation Rescue is our God. He, he loves to take misfits those that are lacking and aren't good enough like you and like me. And he loves to transform our lives that, that he gets the glory. If it wasn't for God, I'd never have done this. If it wasn't for God, my marriage wouldn't be saved. If it wasn't for God, we wouldn't have got through that season. That in ourselves, we don't have what it takes and we need to know it. But when we come to him in humility and repentance and we lay our life at his altar and we give him the glory, he can take something broken, something ugly, something that's not good enough. He can transform it into something spectacular and magnificent that his name would be glorified in all the earth. The Bible says when we were of little account, he chose us. He chooses us at our weakest moment. If you're in your weakest moment, you're in the perfect place for God to choose you, to use you, to take you on a mission so that he can get the credit. See, when David was of no consequence, just a boy out in the fields calling out to his God, he was rejected by his father and family. God chose him then that he would be the king of Israel. When Israel but was yet a man, God chose him that he would become a great nation of Israel. When Moses was bet but a stuttering, lost murderer out in, the, out in the backside of the desert for 40 years just looking after the sheep for his father-in-law, God shows him that he would be a deliverer of a nation of slaves out of Egypt. He would become a great orator, a great statesman, an ambassador, an incredible leader, an organizer. See, God doesn't choose us when we're in our moment of strength and glory. He chooses us in our moment of vulnerability and our weakness. Don't hide your vulnerability and your weakness. Expose it to him that he would fill it with his presence and with his glory. See, Moses was nervous, lacked confidence, felt inadequate, was afraid, reluctant, 
didn't want to help God, said, hey, he sees this burning bush. It's an encounter with God where God spoke to him, his first encounter. He didn't want to go. You know, maybe God's calling you to be in the ministry or to, or to go on a mission and serve him. And, and you're saying, I don't have what it takes. I failed. I did that once before. I'm not good enough. You, maybe you've been a Christian for 30 years and, and in your moment of, of, of need or your moment of, of serving God, you blew it. You, you made sta- mistakes. You failed. And God says, it's not over. I'm the God of the second chance. It's never too late to come back. Just submit the, the area that needs healing to him. Expose it to his light that he could shine his healing and his light and his glory upon it. Whatever we hand over to him, he can hand back with strength and with power. Moses decides to just obey God, not because of who he was, but because of who God was. He went to Pharaoh in his stuttering and in his imperfection. God used it for his glory. Moses writes the book of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and Numbers. He he. He writes and gets the Ten Commandments that were written by the finger of God and, and all the Jewish laws and, and all the dimensions of the tabernacle and the tent and the, the temple. And he leads the Israelites out of Egypt, negotiates with Pharaoh and takes them out through the Red Sea, organizes and leads them in the wilderness for 40 years, then leads them to the foothills of the land of promise. See, he didn't do that on one encounter, the burning bush. He had many encounters with God. You can't live on yesterday's encounter. You can't live on yesterday's manner. You can't live on yesterday's food. You've got to live on fresh food today, fresh encounters with God today, whether you've been a Christian one month, 10 years, 20, 30, or 50 years. How did Moses go from weak to strong, foolish to wise, new encounters with God, glory to glory? Precept upon precept. Says in, he was on Mount Sinai, and it says in Exodus 33, 17 to 23, the Lord said to Moses, if you read with me, this very thing you've spoken I will do. For you have found favor in my sight, and I know you by name. See, Moses had relationship with God. Moses said, please show me your glory. See, Moses' desire, his prayer was to see God's glory. And God said he would answer him. See, he answers when we call out. Moses wanted more intimacy with God. As you call out to God for a new encounter, God will answer you. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But he said, you cannot see my face, for man shall not see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me where you shall stand on the rock. And while my glory passes, I will put you in a cleft of the rock. And I will cover you with my hand until I have passed by. And then I will take away my hand and you shall see my back. But my face, you shall not see me. See, there's this picture of this rock. There's possibly got a big crack through the center or two rocks that are joined. And, and God gets Moses to stand in that, that, that cleft. This is a picture of God walking by. Possibly Moses saw the glory or the presence of the bit of the front of God, but not the face of God. Then it shows God's hand going out, covering the cleft of the rock. See, God's clearing, showing us. He wanted Moses to know his hand. See, God wants us to know his hand. His hand is what he's doing. God's happy for us to know what he's doing, what his business is about, what his purpose is, what his will is. See, God wanted Moses to know what the mission was, what he was about what his will was. God wants you to know his will for your life. 
He wants you to know his mission for your life. He wants you to know the vision and purpose he has for your life. He's happy for you to see what his hand is doing. It's clearly there if you are willing to look and open and look for God. And then as Moses continued by, he came out from the rock and he saw the whole back of God. His, his face, his being would have shone from the very presence of God that radiated off of God. See, God, the Father, Jesus, is the Alpha and the Omega. The Bible says he's the beginning and the end. All of time and eternity is in him. See, some theologians believe when, when Moses saw maybe a bit of the front of God, he, he saw the future, the beginning and the end. And then when he saw the hand of God, he saw the purpose and the will and the mind of God. Then when he saw the back of God, he saw all of humanity past. He saw all of creation past. He saw all of time that had been up until that point when he saw the back of God, the back of the Alpha and the Omega. And they believed that possibly, possibly, that's how he wrote the book of Genesis. Because he saw it all when he saw the back of God. He saw the creation from the Alpha and the Omega. See, we become who we hang out with. When we have encounters with God, there's a transference. There was a transference of knowledge from God to Moses. God's light and glory onto Moses' being. That he shone, his face shone with the glory of God. There's a transference when we hang out with other people. In social science, there's this concept called social capital and collective intelligence. Which means there's a transference of knowledge and strength and understanding and wisdom. When we interact socially with others. So in a sense, if, if you're a, a, a studying maths at uni and, and you're with a whole lot of other mathematicians and maybe you're weak in a particular area or you're not great at maths, but you hang around all the top students and you socialise with them and you do homework with them and you study with them, you begin to understand their worldview and their mind and how they, they understand an equation and how they problem solve that equation. You see the nuances of how they tackle situations. And the Bible says that, that there's almost, there's, there's this in social health, there's a transference of their ways to your ways, just as God's ways are not our ways, His ways are not ours. We can learn from God by just interacting with him, reading his word. There's, there's a transference from other people in different parts of society as we socialize with them. And so it can be in a negative sense. When we, maybe you're a believer and you're hanging around a whole group of people all the time that are clubbing and, and drinking uh, excessively and, and drugs and, and, and living a promiscuous lifestyle, you, you can be caught up in that simply through a transference of maybe their ways and their wisdom and their knowledge and their morality. See, David says in the Psalms, in Psalm 26, 4 to 5, I do not sit with men of falsehood, nor do, nor do I consort with hypocrites. I hate the assembly of evildoers, and I will not sit with the wicked. Because he knows when we sit with people like that, we get corrupted by other people. Their ways become our ways. There's a transference that takes place. And also it is for good that that also works. Because we know when the, the disciples, who were just fishermen, they weren't educated. They weren't authoritative. They didn't have the knowledge of the scriptures. And it says that, that, that the religious leaders looked at them after they'd been with Jesus for three years and said, where did these men get their knowledge? Where did they get their wisdom and their understanding? Where did they get this authority and this presence about them? How are they so articulate in the things of God? And it says then the religious leaders perceived that they'd been with Jesus. See, you can't spend time with Jesus and not be different. 
They saw Jesus in the morning for three years. They saw him going to bed at night. They saw him eating his food and how he treated children, how he interacted with the poor and the lost, how he interacted with the wealthy and the influential, how he healed and he had time. They saw his customs of how he would go and pray at night and spend time with the Father. And, and, and there was a transference as they encountered Jesus, encountered God through Jesus, that they, they partook. And some of Jesus, some of God's wisdom and knowledge and authorities and ways stuck on them. And we see the great cathedrals and churches through Europe are now named after not just these disciples, but those ones that became apostles. Paul and Peter and, and John and, and all these men that turned the world upside down had just spent three years with God in boot camp. How much more when you spend time with God will there be a transference of the kingdom of heaven, of the wisdom of God into your life and into your heart, into your thinking? See, how do we spend time with God? One, reading his word, the word. The Bible, the Word is, the, the, is active, it's living, it is the inspired Word of God, it tells us. We use it for teaching. It says it's the sword of the Spirit. That it, that it is a powerful force against the kingdom of darkness and against principalities and against powers. That there is spiritual authority in His Word. That it changes us on the inside, that it's a fire, that it's like water that cleanses us. And it gives us wisdom and knowledge See, my custom is every morning I pick up my Bible. It's my iPad, actually, and I read a chapter or two chapters or half a chapter, and I work my way from Genesis to Revelation over a year, and I do that year in and year out, and I'll read the who begot who and begot who and begot who and limitations and some of the stuff that is a bit boring at times. And, and you can think in the natural, what's this doing? But I'm reading it saying, this is the living, active Word of God. And as I read it, it's washing and it's feeding my spirit, man. I don't know what it's doing, but it's supernatural. I don't need to understand it. But I know that it's doing something in me to change me, even when I don't feel it. It's like putting another log on the fire on my soul. And then praying, just talking to God. Not, not just having God as a distant friend. Yes, you're with me but interacting with him, talking with him. You know, there's nothing new that you could tell him that's not going to shock him. He's heard every sin, every shocking thing, every act that could be done. He's heard it. He knows it. You can't shock him. What he wants with you is authenticity. He wants integrity. He wants honesty. He just wants friendship. He wants you to talk to him as a brother, as a friend, as Lord. See, Moses was his friend. Abraham was his friend. David was his friend. God's looking for people that just are real with him. Intimacy with him. Not a fake religious type of, oh, thou Lord, will thou. No, he's like, hey, I'm not, I don't get this, Lord. He wants to hear, even when you're angry with him. He wants relationship and interaction and fresh encounters with you. Praising him and worshiping and thanking him is spiritual. You know, something just going to church. There's so many Christians today. It's like, I got offended by the pastor or that man said that to me and I got offended by that brother. And I, you know what? What are you going to say in judgment day? Lord, I stopped following you and stopped going to church because they offended me. God's going to say, hey, no, this is about you and me. I told you, don't forsake the gathering of the brethren. David says that I would dwell in the house of the Lord. Not just related, that I would dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Bible tells us that church, the temple, is, a, is the gateway to heaven. I encourage you, 
to just go to church even when you don't feel like it. When you're in a season where you don't want to go, just go to church because it's where we wash up against his word. We hear preaching. We get challenged. We get to do corporate worship. It's where there's a dimension of God that comes when all his people are in one place in unity. Keep going to church every week. Listening to podcasts. We've got our podcasts on our church, Encounter Church app. Listen to messages that have been preached by the different speakers and listen to podcasts of speakers around the world. Let that word be a focus to help direct you, to keep you on path. It's very easy for any of us to fall off the path and to get lost. You know, some of us may have a bit more time at home while this virus is going on. Hey, why not spend some time and have some new encounters with God and read his word? Spend time with family. You see, there is a transference from the people we associate with and from the kingdom that we connect ourselves with from the church that we associate with and from the God that we are in friendship with. Through personal interaction with Jesus, there is a transference even when you don't feel it. See, the weak can become strong. The poor can become rich. The foolish can become wise. The dead in spirit and soul can become alive. When God says to you, Lazarus, come forth. Those that are shamed and embarrassed can come to him in humility and he can rise you up. He takes the foolish of those of little account and he makes your life something wonderful. He can transform your world in a moment. A fresh encounter with God can change your whole perspective on life. It's all in knowing him and walking with him. As, as you draw near to God, he will draw near to you, the Bible says. And your face can shine with a new glory just as Moses And Moses was transformed from a stutterer and foolish into a great orator and ambassador and leader. He can turn anyone into something magnificent. Even if you've been a Christian for 20 or 30 years, it's never too late. It's never too late to repent. It's never too late to humble our heart and say, God, forgive me for this. I I didn't follow your perfect. God, show me the way forward from today. It says in Acts 17, 6, And when they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authorities shouting, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. It's talking about Paul and his brothers. Paul, the persecutor of the church, the murderer of the church, the hater of the church, is walking on the road to Damascus and has one encounter with Jesus and is transformed from Saul into Paul, the great orator, the great writer of three quarters of the New Testament the one that was the missionary to all of Europe and Rome and that turned the world upside down through an encounter with God. How does our life change as a catalyst? It's from spending time with God and God speaking to our soul. One word from God into your spirit can change your future, can change your destiny. More than a thousand counselors. One word from God from one encounter. Let they say about you that there's something different about you. The where did he or she get their wisdom? How did they keep it together through that trial or that circumstance? How did they get through that season? Hey, I know, I perceive that they've been with Jesus. That's why they're turning the world upside down. He's looking for people with a humble heart to swallow their pride, just lay their gifts and their abilities and what they have at his feet. And say, not my will, Lord, but your will be done. That I lay my life down for the sake 
of the gospel and for your kingdom and for your purposes. And that your will and your power, when I am weak, then you're strong. In my weakness, Father, you would manifest your glory. Church, I'd love to pray for you today, wherever you are, if you're comfortable, to, to close your eyes. I want to pray over you a powerful prayer from heaven. You ready? Heavenly Father, I just pray for every person listening to my voice. Whatever situation they're facing, whatever hopelessness, whatever fear, whatever overwhelmingness, whatever sickness, Father, whatever despair, whatever obstacle is in their way, I pray, Lord, and I thank you that your hand is not short, that it cannot save, that your ear is not deaf, that it cannot hear, that you would make a way where there is no way, Father, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper, The greater is he that is in us, that is in me, than he that is in this world, my God. No plan of the enemy designed against us will come to anything because you are for us and you are with us, Father. I pray for your protection from this virus, Father, for your hand to be on our households, that you'd bring provision, that your spirit would speak to our souls with wisdom, and sleep would be sweet to us, Father. Give us a peace and comfort our souls, Father. Show us the direction you would have. Open fresh and new doors for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, church. Thank you for listening to this message. To stay in touch with Encounter, follow us on Instagram at encounter.cc or find us on Facebook at encounter.shepparton.